Well, hey there, everyone. I'm back with another episode of Film Streak. This is Rob, and here on Film Streak, uh, all I do is talk about movies that I've been watching that I've never seen before. Something that's new, something that I've been meaning to watch, maybe something that uh, I just kind of ignored for too long. So, well, it's Halloween. And this episode, I'm going to talk about two movies in particular. The first of those films is the recently released sequel in the Halloween franchise, Halloween Ends. For 44 years, I thought you were the boogeyman. But you're just a man. Who's about to stop breathing? Halloween ends. And that is uh, directed by David Gordon Green, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, um, several other people, some that we'd never seen before. And uh, I tell you what, if you haven't seen the film, if you've been interested in it, if you're a fan of the franchise, um, I'm going to talk spoilers. I'm just going to talk about the whole film because uh, really, if you're looking forward to this as being kind of a, a nice send off and a kind of a cap to the entire story and franchise, it's not that. Um, it's not even really very good. So here we go. I'm just going to give it to you. Um, in this movie, there are some things that that I think people were expecting to happen based on the previous two films, Halloween 2018, Halloween Kills 2020. You know, the idea with those seemed to be that we're following these characters, Laurie Strode and, and all the other people of Haddonfield, we're following them through this particular Halloween night, 40 years after the original film, right? You know, if you understand that, all the other sequels have been wiped away. We're going from Halloween in 1978 to Halloween 2018. And then we continue the same night, the same events, and Halloween kills. And naturally, since this was already kind of set up as a trilogy you might want to expect that we're going to follow up Halloween Kills with even more events at the end of that night, let's say. It is called Halloween Ends, after all. Well, this film really zags on us. Really zags. Really goes in a direction that I don't think anybody was expecting. And... The fact that it jumps ahead four years to today, to 2022. And not only does it kind of disregard some, uh, not some of the events, it, it acknowledges everything that happened in the previous movie, but it kind of breezes past them because it's trying to introduce a new character to the film. And really, it's a character that if this would have been done in a different way in the previous films, this would have made more sense. But the way this character of, um, his name is Corey. He's a young man. He's a kid who 
as we see at the beginning of the film, is a, a teenage babysitter. He gets into an accident. He ends up causing a child that, under his care to die. And the parents find this out. The city, or the town of Haddonfield, uh, they kind of put a mark on him. You know, he's like um, not welcome in any corners of the town. And uh, young Corey, you know, played by uh, what TJ Killer? I don't know. Uh, it looks like a little bit of a sourpuss. Um, he's mopey. He's kind of whiny. You know, it just gives it just gives a lot of um, a lot of vibes like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Two. You know, Freddy's Revenge. And <laughs> you know, if you've seen that film, you know what I'm talking about. You know that. Um, well, that wasn't always the uh it wasn't always the right move to just suddenly introduce a new character that not only um not only takes things in a different direction, but actually undermines everything you've been setting up. You know, if you remember Freddy's Revenge, you know, Jesse is the kid who uh, Freddie kind of returns in a way by taking over Jesse or inhabiting him in some way that he starts to act out some of the killings and, and the, you know, very psychotic behavior that Freddie wants him to do. And so I, it's like, it, it really just took a, a big change in another direction after, after the first Nightmare on Elm Street and rightfully so, that film doesn't really hold up very well. And even the filmmakers, the producers of that franchise, they said, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, we're going back to Nancy. We're going back to what really worked. Because this whole new direction it, it wasn't a good idea. And so here, in Halloween Ends, we have this kid named Corey who... Um, kind of does Michael's bidding... You know, for the first, I'd say, like, it feels like the first half hour, n nobody sees Michael. It's all about, oh, this is something that happened in the past. Now here's this kid dealing with his life and being tormented. And uh, even uh, Lori's granddaughter, Allison, who is uh, kind of befriending him, but it's just a very awkward relationship, dynamic. I, I don't I don't really understand what the vibe is there. There's no chemistry. Uh, it just feels very forced. And it feels like we got to rush to get through this because this kid, Corey. Oh, also, by the way, he's going to take over from Michael. He's going to become the new killer of the series because we need somebody. We need a bad guy, but also Michael's going to die in this film. Now that just feels so forced. And so like, by the way, here, watch this. Uh, it totally goes against expectations. I can see that. I can see that there are probably fans of this franchise who were totally put off by this and totally don't understand what the hell happened here. But also, I'm trying to see. I'm trying to understand. Like, what was the idea? Like, what what was the thinking in doing this? I I don't really know. I I can't make sense of it. All I can say is. This film, as it is, is not worth your time, worth your money, if you're a fan of this franchise. If you've watched all of the films, you've you've followed the original, uh, let's say, timeline or whatever, 
uh, from Halloween 2 to Halloween 4, 5, 6, I, I don't know, however many there were, until they ended up remaking it and then had a sequel to that and then wiped all that away and went all the way back to the first film in 2018. So it's been a long, crazy, weird journey with these these characters and this franchise. It's almost as bad as the Terminator franchise in a way, even though that is an entire mess. But here, you know, at least they're returning us to something that we could kind of understand and, and feel somewhat familiar by going back to the main character, going back to the main premise of the original movie and trying to follow that through. And... Until we get here to Halloween ends, it all seems like it's going right. Uh, you know, the last film, the Halloween Kills, I feel like Laurie really wasn't in it as much as people probably expected, as I expected for sure. But then again, we have new characters, right? There, her daughter was introduced, her granddaughter, you know, the uh, sheriff and the, all the other people in the town were introduced. And so, okay, we got more pieces on the board to move around. Got it. It's not just Laurie and Michael. Okay, cool. So this one, I really thought, okay, well, now here's the final end game where all these things are going to come into play and Michael's going to get everything he deserves. All right. Now that does happen in this film. The problem is, I think it starts to be very transparent that the filmmakers, the producer, whoever is responsible for this franchise, like the overall you know, legacy of it, they're not going to let this go. And that's where it just starts to feel kind of contaminated, you know? Like as an audience member, I'm watching the film and I'm seeing, oh, well, of course that can't happen because then this won't happen. And if this doesn't happen, well, there's no possibility of a future. There's no more films in this series. There's no more story to tell here. Right. Got it. Now I'm not looking at it as an audience member. I'm looking at it as... uh Someone who's watching a business operate. And that's not how I like to approach art in, in, in a sense. I, I want to enjoy it or I want to be uh, entertained by it or thrilled by it or scared or whatever you want to call it. I want to let the emotions work, not the logic, not the, the behind the scenes business sense of why this is happening because of this and because of that, because there's got to be another film in the future. And I mean, if you look at it, if you read about it, um, that is kind of what it seems like it is like they can't kill this character just through a, sort of a, a contractual obligation. They can't let this series go. So as with every one of these films, as it's turned out, Michael doesn't really die. Even in this one, which seems pretty concrete that homeboy is gone. They throw him into like a just a, a a metal grinder, and he just comes out as red goo. Yeah, Michael's dead, but is he really? Because now we've got Corey, Jesse two who is going to maybe take over from Michael and kind of become the uh, the uh, the killer that haunts Haddonfield. I don't know. Seemed like he kind of died, too. He kind of got his, too. I mean, he, like, got shot. He fell down a stairwell. He stabbed himself in the throat. Like, come on. What? When it's laid out pretty clear by Laurie herself, because she's writing a memoir or whatever, that 
evil can't be defeated and it, evil can't go away. It just changes shape. Well, there you go. That's, that's the only thing you needed to know because this thing is going to continue and they're going to keep lying to you and tell you that it's done. Now, I'm pretty sure Jamie Lee Curtis as Laurie Strode is probably done. I would be done too because these films are getting, uh, they've been ridiculous, but they made sense for a minute. Now they got ridiculous again. And so, yeah, I'd want to bail too. I can't, I can't stress enough how disappointing and how much of a, um, uh, I don't know, how much of a, it, it just feels like a, a big slap across the face of like, ha, huh, you thought we were going to do that. We told you we were going to do that and you believed it. Even in the last movie and Halloween ends, the big marketing blitz that came out with that, you know, the, the main thing, the tagline was evil dies tonight. And that's what really made me think, oh, well, they're saying that, but this is the second film in this trilogy. So of course it means in the third film at the end of the night, that's when it's really going to happen. So it's kind of like stringing you along. It's already kind of slimy and you can kind of feel like mm, you're getting taken a little bit. But if you're down for the franchise, you want to see it through. All right. I get what you mean. I understand. And so when that didn't even happen, we don't get to see the end of that Halloween night. We get to jump four years ahead and see a different Halloween night with new characters that don't really involve Michael. Michael spends most of this movie hiding out in the sewers with a homeless dude. What? Yo, you evil. What are you doing? You need a job? You need some money? You need a cheeseburger? He literally hides out and this kid brings people to him, brings people to kill, brings bodies, bring. And I don't know, Michael just like gets the secret sauce and gets rejuvenated. I don't, I don't even understand what the hell is happening. They changed the rules of this. Michael doesn't need a, a homeboy to hang out with. He doesn't need an assistant. He doesn't need someone to go fetch for him. What kind of shit is that? That's not Halloween. That's not Michael Myers. And it's not me saying it. I, I'm not the one making up the rules. The rules were made up in the other movies. And this movie just decided we're going to change those rules. Oh, okay. Well, that's a problem. That's a big problem. And, you know, I, I've stayed away from reviews of this movie myself. I, I mean, watching the film. During the film, I was already seeing that this is not going to work. And by the end of the film, yeah, I, I was like, there. I cannot be somehow lying to myself or fooling myself that this is just all wrong. And the sense that I kind of get is that, yeah, this movie didn't really work. Now, I, like I said, I haven't listened to reviews or read anything, but it just kind of seems like it's only working and it's only got, you know, it's on people's mind right now because it's actually October and Halloween is coming. And that's why people were interested in this movie. But if this were any other time of the year, if someone tries to watch this in January, forget it. There's no way. People will see, they'll, they'll see past the hype. They'll see past all the marketing. They'll see past, you know, any, any kind of buzz that's there, if there is any, because it's just going to be 
pretty transparent what is uh, what's actually going on in this film. And so, I, I mean, I'm pretty disappointed. I feel like some people are probably super disappointed, like outraged and shit like that. And I, I don't have time for that. I feel like the reason I'm disappointed is not because this isn't the film that I deserve to see. And, you know, I paid good money. I didn't pay shit for it. I mean, it's on Peacock, too. I didn't go to a theater. I'm glad I didn't go to a theater and spend $10, $15 a ticket to watch this. But still, it's I, I'm disappointed because I feel like it was a great opportunity that was missed to further this story along, not change directions right at the 11th hour. And, I, you know, hey, it's the filmmaker's right to do what they want. And, uh, you know, I, I hope they have other opportunities to do better stuff. I mean, the people behind this film, they're no slouches. It's David Gord Green. He's done some great work. Danny McBride, who I, always kind of surprised me that he was involved with this Halloween franchise in a way. I just associate him with comedy and real kind of edgy content. And I, I I don't know. This was, it was kind of out of left field. I was like, are we talking about the same Danny McBride? But well, we are. And so I, I even expected there'd be maybe some, a, a different level of humor, you know, maybe something a little bit raunchy, a little bit edgy, but that doesn't really come through in these, you know? So that's where I just feel like, mm, Guys, I, I mean, I appreciate the effort. They're fans. It's what it seems like. And they wanted to really do it justice. But I don't know. There's something to be said for staying in your lane, I think. Especially after this. So, you know, and that's, look, that's no disrespect to people who make movies and, and put all their work into it. I know it's not easy. And I know it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of time. I, I mean, just... Sometimes it's amazing to me what gets off the ground and what gets made and where it might have gone differently. So that's a lot of my thoughts on uh, Halloween ends. Um, I wish I could say something positive about it. I really, I mean, nothing really stands out as like, you know what? I actually enjoyed this one part. I mean, it's just, it's just not in this film. And so, you know, if we're going by film streak, uh, random ass scoring system or whatever, uh, it's a, it's a hard pass. You know, if you're a completist and you feel like I've got to, like, I've seen all the other movies. I, I got to see this one. All right, well, go got to see it, but just go in with fairly low expectations and you might be all right you know probably not but you might be all right so that is halloween ends that's 148 on film streak and you know hey i might have a little more to say about it uh as we get into the rest of the episode here but um with that in mind in terms of watching this franchise over the years, the Halloween franchise started with John Carpenter in 1978. I've seen all of the films up to this point, uh, including the Rob Zombie remake. Uh, I can't remember if I've seen the sequel. I feel like I have. I have no memory of what happens in it. So that makes me think, 
I might not have. So I've seen almost every film in this now, except for, of course, I think the film that a lot of Halloween fans have not seen, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. I just... uh I just avoided this one for all these years because I, I could, I knew um, just through word of mouth that this didn't have Michael in it. It didn't have anything to do with the Michael Myers or Laurie Strode story. And so even back from, you know, the eighties or, or whenever, when I might've had a chance to see it on TV or cable or whatever, even back since then, I knew skip, skip Halloween three. No need. Now, the interesting thing about it, though, is that the original concept, according to, you know, things you can read about the Halloween franchise, the original concept was that John Carpenter had an idea that these Halloween series, it it would be a series of films that were related to Halloween, told a Halloween story but they would always be a different story and with different characters and different locations and, and situations. And to me, that's like a big grand idea. And that is like, that's where John Carpenter, his genius can come in where he's got big ideas and he's even got a way to maybe pull it off. And yet he kind of, I don't know, he kind of shot himself in the foot, I guess. I, with Halloween itself being such a success and such a surprise, you know, the, the quality of the production and everything was just such, so like acclaimed that it, it was demanded that he kind of continue that story in Halloween too. And so, you know, I kind of thought, well, if that's what drives this from the very first film, overriding whatever the big concept was, uh, that kind of tells you a lot about every film that's come after that, right? So I always skipped Halloween 3, figuring that, you know, if this film is just about sticking with Michael Myers and his story, I don't I don't have any need to to watch something that doesn't involve that. And so now that I've got the full cynical point of view about the whole thing, knowing that it's really just about keeping the damn thing going to make some more money. uh, Okay. Well, you know what? Fine. Let me at least appreciate the original intention and watch this uh, stepchild sequel that doesn't have anything to do with any of this other stuff. So 149 on film streak. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. You don't really know much about Halloween. Halloween. The barriers will be down between the real and the unreal. And the dead might be looking in. I've got nothing here to indicate there was ever a body at all. Operator, this is an emergency. I do love a good joke, and this is the best ever. A joke on the children. I'm glad you'll be able to watch it. You've got to believe me. They're going to kill us. All of us. Stop it! The world's going to change tonight, Doctor. 
Happy Halloween. Stop it! Halloween 3. Season of the Witch. The night no one comes home. Holy shit. What kind of film is this? I thought this was a John Carpenter film. I thought he originally was going to direct all of these films and keep them as a series. And, you know, it's funny that since then, especially with the, you know, the change in the TV landscape, this has kind of become a reality. You know, if you look at something like American Horror Story, every season, new characters, maybe some of the same actors, but new characters, new storyline, new everything. Jumping back and forth in time, you know, all different, just everything is different. I feel like that's kind of similar to the idea that maybe they had for the Halloween series. And yet, watching this, I I can just see that maybe that first film, that was just a fluke. That was just a lucky strike. I mean, that the first one out of the gate was like the best and the most uh, polished and elegant way to tell that story. Because this, if this would have been, let's say, Halloween 2, or just the sequel to Halloween, I I mean, this would have just taken a nosedive. I mean, this film, it has a big idea to it. Uh, it's kind of kind of a high concept thing. But at the same time, it's relying on, on elements that I feel like don't age well. And so... It, it's almost the opposite of everything that happens in, in the original Halloween. Everything that made the original Halloween a success and a lasting piece of work, you know? Like, that doesn't rely on any tricks, any any technology. any. I mean, it's purely like, hey, there's a girl, there's a neighborhood, there's a crazy psycho ghost madman, whatever, that's chasing her around the neighborhood with a big-ass knife. All right, simple enough. Here, there's uh, some kind of witchcraft, but also using technology and subliminal messaging through television, dealing with kids and all time to, I don't know, unleash mayhem on Halloween night. It's It relies on too many gimmicks. And the main character in it is kind of a scumbag when you think about it. He's a doctor, but he's also, uh, he just like shacks up with this young girl and is very kind of inappropriate and very handsy. And uh, I mean, things, their, their relationship goes from like, oh, we got to figure this mystery out to like, oh, let's, you know, let's, let's smash in the, in the hotel room. Okay. What? In the matter of like 20 minutes of film time. Uh, okay. So. This film just moves in all kinds of different paces. And yet at the same time, you got uh, this, this counter of every day in the story, in the film, there's this countdown to Halloween. And so there's this stupid little jingle that keeps playing. It becomes annoying as hell. By the end of the movie, it's like, I want to go crazy and kill somebody because this music is just driving me nuts. And when you get down to, oh, there's actually, there's a larger conspiracy to I don't know, carry this out and broadcast these 
signals or whatever, these commercials, messages through the airwaves on TV, and it affects all the kids who wear these masks, and they turn into like weird cockroaches or whatever the hell. I'm like, whoa, wait, what? What are we doing? I never want to hear those words silver shamrock again. I never want to know anything about broadcasting signals over airwaves through weird computer things. Like, do people even watch TV anymore? Like real over-the-air television? Probably not. You know, actually, hey, you know what? Actually, this film, this the premise at least, might make more sense today. Where you've got everybody kind of reaching or, or getting to content through their phones and they're glued to it like almost all the time. If you look at it through that lens, maybe this film was onto something now. I'm This is actually just occurring to me as I talk it through. This film isn't about... Uh, some goofy ass plot to kind of, you know, mind fuck everybody's kids on Halloween night. It's about the, the power of technology to warp our understanding of reality or even, uh, our way of thinking our society. Oh shit. This film is deep. Well, I don't know if it's deep. I, I maybe I just made it deep, but that's where that. I mean, that's really the only way I can make sense of this film. I, I don't really understand a lot of what the thinking was here. You know, there was such a, like I said, such a simplicity to the original Halloween. This one kind of went in the other direction, and it's too much. And so I, I could see that yeah, there's no way that this would have ever been able to m- kind of meet that uh, meet that challenge of of living up to what Halloween is and has become. This this film is entirely forgettable, unless you really want to you know get real high minded about it, start talking about you know conspiracy theories and you know all that stuff, okay. So, look, um, I know it sounds like I'm really shitting all over this franchise, the Halloween series. There are some good films in here, or at least films that have good elements to them for the modern slasher horror flick genre. Of course, the original is great. It plays a little slow today to watch it with, in comparison to films that have come out since then but it's still it has a little a level of quality and of craftsmanship and even the performances that there everything is just right to tell that story it doesn't feel too big it, it it keeps its story small and yet the way it uses the filmmaking techniques that it has it it lands you know it really has some impact and so that's that's clearly the the mark of a, of a of a film that's going to last. And you know, if I try to think through the other entries, um, Halloween two, I appreciated that it tried to continue 
the story from the first film, like just picking up right after and continue the rest of that night. That's an interesting idea. It's an interesting approach to tell the story of like, this isn't a sequel in, I, I guess what a lot of people have considered the actual idea of a sequel is like, we're going to take the same characters and put them in a new situation or in a new location or whatever. Here, it's like same characters, but we're not jumping through time. We're not jumping anywhere else. We're staying right where we are. We're just going to continue. It's like we made these two movies back to back, even though they didn't. And for the most part, it kind of works. It starts to introduce some other elements to the series or whatever that, uh, like Laurie Strode being Michael's brother or sister. I, what? I mean, you can see they clearly backed that one all the way back up. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to run all that back. Everything after the first movie, forget it. That even includes my, uh, was it Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, Halloween 5, The Revenge, where it seemed like he died when he got his head cut off. Wait, was in that one? No, that was in H2O, where Laurie Strode comes back and has a son. And Michael's kind of, you know, bouncing around this what boarding school or whatever the hell it is and taking out kids. Okay, it was a little bit of a different premise, um, a different angle to get this story and get Laurie back into it and show that she's still a badass. And so that's where I can appreciate the effort there because I feel like that would have been a good follow-up to the original movie. Give us our original character and show us not only what she's done and what she's been through, but how she's grown since then. Cool, got you, I'm with you. When we get to, um, uh, what was the film after that? Resurrection? Was that the one where they were in the house and it was like a reality show? I'm like, oh, yo, you, you're going off the rails again. And I think that was the one where they killed Laurie at the very beginning, right? Like, hey, everything you just did right in the previous film, you got a lot of good faith going. Why would you kill your character off? And why are we following all these annoying people in this house? Nah, see, it's just like, it's it's up and down. It's peaks and valleys, you know, peaks and valleys, okay? And so that's the life of a Halloween fan. Now, the Rob Zombie remakes, a remake and the sequel to the remake. Um, like I said, I can't really say too much about those. I like Rob Zombie's films, or I like some of them. I like some of his visual style and and the touches that he brings to things the only thing i can really remember from that is he attempted or you know whoever wrote that film and put it together their attempt to give michael an actual backstory and motivation like why did he become michael myers you know how, how did that happen that was interesting in the sense that it was always a mystery. It was never even clear, like, where did Michael come from? What was he like? I mean, we see at the very beginning of the first film, we see him as a kid kill his sister in the house. And then, you know, the, the parents find him and then he gets committed to the mental institution or whatever. Here is like we're seeing, like, oh, this Michael with these parents is kind of just uh abused and mistreated and neglected and all these things. And that turns him into crazy psycho killer. Okay. Well, 
I appreciate the effort there, but I just feel like that took away the intrigue, the mystery. And in a way, it took away the threat of the original Michael Myers. You know, it's it's one thing to say, oh, well, you know, this guy is killing people because uh, his mother, you know, touched him or, or some crazy stuff like that. Or his father used to beat him with a, you know, a, a broomstick. Okay, well, you know what? At least I understand why. I don't like it. It's probably not good for the world, but I understand why. But if you were telling me, well, look, there's this guy that's out killing people and nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows what he looks like. Uh, they don't really even understand like how he's doing this because people always seem to keep killing him and he keeps coming back. Now that's much scarier. It's like a goddamn Terminator out there now. You, you can't bargain with them, right? They will not stop. <laughs> That's more scarier. So I, I appreciate the effort to fill in the backstory and give us a little more depth to Michael, but I don't know. I, I kind of prefer the original take on it. And so now, you know, that gets us to Halloween and Halloween kills. And... You know, I think I've said my piece on that. I just really, really expected that these three films, these last three, were going to be a full series uh, or they were going to be a full trilogy of this story told across three films, but one night, one, one instance where Michael escapes again, goes on a killing spree again, and this time, Lori is ready. She's trained herself. She's trained her daughter. She's trained her granddaughter. They trapped him. They burned him. And somehow he still got out. Well, they took turned the whole town on him. And somehow he got away. And now the third one? Huh, what? New kid in the picture. Working for Michael. On the payroll. <laughs> no, man. No, 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 no. So, unfortunately, I feel like that's just a big, I mean, it's a big N-O for me. But also, I just feel like that's a big uh, closing of the book on the Halloween franchise. I'm really done with it now. There are some film franchises that I've stuck with over time. And I feel like they've worked and they've grown and they've changed they've evolved into other things some good some not good some i agree with some i don't this is one that i don't agree with and i don't understand and frankly i'm kind of done with i mean the terminator franchise is a similar thing you know i've mentioned that it's got its own peaks and valleys and it's got its own dead ends and backtracks and and all that all that jujitsu that they were trying to do to keep this whole story making sense over what, seven, eight films now. And really, if I have to think, think it through, I stop at Terminator two still. Like I can watch the first two and I'm good. I'm solid. I'm straight. I don't ever got to think about the other ones. And here with Halloween, it's kind of what happened here. I was like, just you know what? Just put on the first film. I'm good with that. I don't even got to think about the others no more. And that's unfortunate, you know? Because I feel like there's 
there's so many people that are working on these films over all these years and so many people who are devoted to following the story and the characters and all that. And it's things like this that make you wonder why, like, why, why, why do you care about this shit so much? Because these people are making it very clear, like they're just in it to make more money. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's it's really hard to appreciate any any of uh, any of what happens in Halloween ends. Um, as an audience member, you know, I can appreciate. I guess that they are they're striking while the iron is hot. They're getting in on this cash. But, uh, you know, maybe this would be the one where they're just like, okay, yeah, you know what? Let's just hang it up. Let's just, let's call it quits. But I doubt it because it's a business, right? So, all right. All right. I think I've said enough. I I probably have more thoughts, um, but I just want to do this special episode on these two films because they're the only two in this franchise that I haven't seen. And... Now that I've kind of drawn my line in the sand, I'm going to be done with this. So if there's another film that ever comes out, I'm not going to watch it. I'm just going to skip. But I wanted to at least say my piece on this. And then next episode, we'll move on. We'll keep the streak going with some a whole new crop of films. If you have a different take on this, maybe you're seeing something I don't see, um, or you have some other thoughts, send that to comments at filmstreak.com. Uh, you can also go to filmstreak.com and see other episodes or subscribe if you haven't. Um, I've got the IMDb list that I'm using to keep track of all of these films. You can go there. You can see the films. You can link to them. You can watch the trailers, add them to your watch list, whatever you want to do there. Um, if you're listening to this, you're just finding it. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking this out. If you've been listening for a little bit, hey, appreciate you. Thanks for coming back. So in the meantime, hey, um, Enjoy your Halloween, and, uh, you know, you decide if you want to watch Halloween Ends or not. But uh, have fun, watch movies, stay safe, be cool. See you later.